Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And joining us again today, we have Travis Bowe of the Watchman Minute. Welcome back. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome back. It's good to be in town. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, another day in Punxsy. Mm-hmm. And so, Travis, we asked you back once again to talk about Minute 35. So, so Dave, what's, what's going with Minute 35? Well, Minute 35... Phil is getting to the point in Mrs. Lancaster that he will he will stay and he wants to know about if anyone's come to ask questions about him in a police uniform. Uh, then he gives her a big smooch because he's a real SOB and he realizes he can be that way. Uh, he tells the homeless man on the street that he'll get to him tomorrow. And then we see insurance salesman MVP Ned Ryerson approach and Phil gives him a nice warm five knuckle to the face and now and remembers to avoid that puddle. Yeah, yeah, good call on the the puddle. So yeah, we so we start off with with Phil and Mrs. Lancaster, and she is so good playing dumb here. <laughs> she has no idea what's going on. She yeah. cannot possibly imagine. There's no way that she's the one that's the you know the the powers behind any of this. She she plays innocent so well. Oh yeah, of <laughs> course. So, oh, I don't know what he's up to. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah but she still has that like that urge like she, she knows what she wants to say next you know but just he just keeps uh interrupting her at every stop i guess that was last minute the, uh... <laughs> well it's a, a little bit here too and, and kind of one of the things we've talked about with these repeated days is that people kind of even if they're not in the literal loop the way the way phil is they you kind of have your habits and you say the same things or you, you go back to the, the, the same repeated patterns. Yeah. And he's just, and she's trying to do that. She's trying to kind of do her thing. And Phil is just jumping on it and, and cutting her off. And, but he's, he's still Phil. He's not, he hasn't, you know, he's, he's, he's shown that he understands the way things are going to repeat and, he doesn't quite face the same consequences as everyone else. So he can drive crazy and kind of crack wise with the police as it were, but he hasn't really internalized the change because he is still, he's still cracking wise. He's still the SOB Phil. You know, he can't just say, you know, was somebody looking for me or did the police come in? He's got to act out the little thing. And he kind of, he, he pantomimes it the same way the first day when he talks about the weather and he kind of does the thing that he was doing in front of the screen in the studio where he like he like has the the hand motion pushing up to kind of like simulate the movement of the air here he's got to act out he like like he's tipping a cap like he has a hat and a um the gun you know a nightstick and a gun yeah he acts it all out which i think is is just funny phil yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he is i mean kind of going back to the yesterday when you guys were wondering if he if he even bothered to shower this day like i think he did mm -hmm. because he's he's looking pretty you know sharp in that suit it's nice and uh he doesn't look disheveled he's not like later on where he's you know at one point he does he's given the punxatani phil you know the the 
I guess the report without even <laughs> putting on a tie. And so here he's still like looking sharp. I guess maybe he, he was because he was since he was asking about if anyone was a uh, police officer was asking for him. I guess he wanted to look good in case the cops did come. He didn't want to look like a, you know, a slob just in case this uh, this didn't, you know, this didn't work out 100 percent. But then, uh, and yeah, he's able to get off scot free, and then he plants a big smooch on Mrs. Lancaster. And I like to know, like, if we don't get to see it, but like, did any anyone like in the dining like see that? You know, everyone's like spreading the jelly and butter on their toes and go, did this guy like make out with Mrs. Lancaster <laughs> with Mrs. Lancaster? <laughs> well, and like, so is there is there a Mister Lancaster? I think so. <laughs> and you know what's what's his feeling on this going to be? <laughs> <laughs> That's my wife. Yeah, right he, you know he's the one back in the kitchen. Whenever whenever Mrs. Lancaster, you know, has to check on uh, deja vu. You know if they have if they have deja vu or anything else, and she says oh, I have to go check in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, Mister Lancaster's back there. He's you know he's scrambling up eggs. He's making everything you know right for the front, and then. Mrs. Lancaster is just kind of cavorting, mm. you know, <laughs> with the guests the way she does. You and know, she does have that, help staff that like walk around and check on things. You get to see them a few times, and uh, you know they see they. Do you do you know him, Mrs. Lancaster? No, he's just one of our guests. I'm like oh, Damn, so once we, a year. <laughs> yeah, are we are we are we booting him from the uh, <laughs> for the B and B? Did he break a rule where it's you can't you can't make out with the guests? Uninvited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're uh, giving out the- that's, uh, that's a little bit of a different turn. Now, what was that? There was a movie. Oh, I think it was with Alan Alda where he was like carrying on an affair where they met once a year. I think you're thinking of Brokeback Mountain. Yep. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe this is kind of this, this is kind of heading in that direction, <laughs> potentially, where like. Phil just kind of comes in once a year. He's got his little Punxsutawney thing on the side. And then, uh, <laughs> then he goes back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so I, I, I was interested in the way uh, one of the lines that Mrs. Lancaster says when, so he's asking, you know, was anyone here to see me? Uh, perhaps a state official. She says, no, no one like that. And then she says, will there be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was, you know, going back to the way I started when when I said, oh, you know, she's playing innocent, she's playing dumb, she doesn't know anything, you know, what, what Phil's talking about. I sense like there's a little crack, the reading of that line, will there be, she's kind of turning it on, you know, him, you know, she's asking him, you know, he's saying, did anyone come to see me? And she's kind of like, well, I don't know, is anyone going to come to see you? Like, because just a little hint that she knows what's going on and kind of pushing it back on him. Uh, like, well, what do you think? What's going on? What's happening? Where, where are you kind of mm-hmm. thing? And then he responds with, uh, apparently, not. you know, invading her personal space. We, we, we talked about Ned, you know, particularly one that kind of just runs up and gets up in your, your personal space and gets close. And, uh, and that's maybe that's rubbing off on Phil a little bit. <laughs> He's just excited. Yeah, he is. It's like it's it's like uh, Phil, but I mean, it's, it's a part of the story arc. He's got to become a better person. Yeah, and uh, got to become a better person. <laughs> and Bill Murray has this ability to be like slimy and charming, and 
hysterical in a subtle way all at the same time like nobody else. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he does these kind of things and you don't like – you don't hate the guy. He's not you – know, you you want to see him become a better person. And I mean, obviously by the by the end of the movie and, – and I you know, rewatched the movie uh, for the first time you know, this morning for the first time in several years and just – just ended up just smiling by the end of it because, you know, because of the person that Phil becomes. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think the, the, when we talked about earlier how we are making it, we made you know allusion to the Truman Show. Right now, the vibe I get is is Westworld. And I, 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 I mean the movie uh, as well, but I, the TV show says it's very relevant now. You know, Ed Harris plays the man in black and the whole point of man in black is he wants to. He almost wants to break the game. He wants to break Westworld. I'm not trying to be too spoilery, but like he he knows so much about the game of Westworld and how all these robots have their programming. He almost kind of wants to to break it and put see how far he can push it and try out every storyline, mm-hmm. whether the robots like it or not, because they're pro- in his mind they're programmed to do whatever he wants. He's the guest. Now that's how I see Phil when he's walking down the street now, because. When he says, I'll get to you tomorrow to the homeless guy, I don't think he means like, oh, in the next iteration, I'll get to you. But I think what he means is like, I'll get to your story eventually. I, I want to try. Yeah. Now I think Phil's kind of like, if I'm stuck here, I'm going to like take my time and experiment with Because I think now I think Phil's like, oh, none of these people have free will. Like, I think that's the way he sees it. Mm-hmm. They have no free will. Yeah. They have whatever free will I give them now because I'm the one in control. I can kiss them if I want. I can punch them if I want because it doesn't yeah. matter. So I yeah. so right now Phil has the black hat on and he, and and the the whole thing he's he's walking around town going like I'll get to your story and I will I'll play God with whatever whatever your yeah. day is like because I can and I think that's what that's what I think he means right now with the homeless guys like I'll be nice with you and I'll give you money tomorrow I think he really means that he's like I'll figure yeah. you out later and and, uh-huh. and he sees other people and he's like ah oh, maybe I'll follow them around I'll stalk them because I can I think that's yeah. what we're at right now with Phil. Mm-hmm. He is a god. Not the god, <laughs> I don't think. Just a god. <laughs> so that's it. Wow, that, that's an interesting kind of loop yeah. around. We we started the week with, with Travis, you kind of drawing a parallel with Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics. Hmm, yeah. And now – and so now, Dave, you're turning it around and say in, in a certain respect that – um, that Phil can treat the people around him a little bit like robots or automatons just because he knows they're not going to su- – he can just reboot them like a computer. They're not going to – or they're going to be rebo- rebooted the next day so he doesn't have to worry about long-term effects. Yeah. So it's a little bit – you know, are there the, – the laws of robotics talked about rules that would be programmed into the robots so that they didn't – take over and, and harm humanity, are there rules for treating the robots? Are there rules for Phil that he needs to abide in the way he treats the the quote-unquote robots or the people that he's kind of treating as automatons around him? Yeah, I, it's right now, I think he's, to whoever, whatever higher power is keeping him repeating the day, it, this is him doing the middle finger flipping it off now. This is <laughs> yeah. him like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you beat me. I'm going to tear this part, this town apart how I want to. I'm going to enjoy this day how I want to. And I'm not going to let you see me cower in fear and uncertainty. 
And so I think that's what it is now. I think now he's people as right. play things rather than people. And I think we're going to see we're Yeah, in a certain way, like at first I viewed this, you know, this this whole story is he's stuck in this world, you know, where he doesn't know how to get out. But yeah, now it's mm-hmm. become very clear that it is his world because he can do anything he wants. And like you've mentioned, you know, he can do anything to these people that he wants. So it's kind of in a way become his world. And yeah, I mean, in a certain way, he has become God of this, you know, this loop. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit like a video game where he has that set save point Mm, at 6 a.m. on February 2nd in Punxsutawney and whatever's going to, whatever happens, good, bad, whatever, he can always, he knows there's a reset and he can go back to that save point. And get a do-over, and he he shows that with uh, with uh, Ned Ryerson here. <laughs> I, I yeah. I since we get, we always get psycho, you know, we always get like some really psychological thing about it. I feel like yeah, thinking like that is a really a one-way street, you know. Like I I, I mm-hmm. mean I'm very interested, you know, when we start seeing the turn where Phil becomes a good person again, because I feel like once you start not caring about the humanity of people. I don't know how you're able to dig yourself out of that dark place. You know, if you punch somebody, if you assault somebody, if you just, if you kill somebody and the whole mentality is, oh, well, I could just do whatever I want with these people. I don't know. It's like, I, I don't know. It's like how you not, even if, you know, in a thousand years from now, not feel like a serial killer later or something. Be like, right. oh, I did that. Like it may be reset, but like I, you know, like I said, what's the worst thing you could do to somebody? Still blood on your hands. Like like Phil could just straight up cut somebody on the street, Jack the Ripper style. Like he could just do that. And worst case, <laughs> worst case yeah. is you know he, we don't know this right now, but he could get shot and he could wake up the next you know wake up again in the morning, or he gets put in jail or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he still knows what that person's insides look like because he went crazy on it. It's like it's such a it's like once you go down that path, um, I don't know. It's 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 a real scary place to be. It did not consider someone's humanity. <laughs> the thing and I, I apologies for spoilers the thing i love about this upcoming set of minutes is where he talks about like i've been stabbed shot mm. poisoned hung it's like who how does he get into a situation where he has made someone poison him or unless he means like i don't know he he purposely took poison but i always the, the line <laughs> about being stabbed and shot like he's he's put himself in some kind of situation where he's made someone else be the the killer that so that's oh my god i don't want to get to that i don't want to talk about that right now because i don't i want to what if he yeah. made Rita do one of those like that's what just scared <laughs> oh, me you just made me get really scared that bill <laughs> like just like i don't know he beat up a cop grabbed the gun and like just gave it to Rita. It's like he's like shoot me you know, and he's mm. like, she's like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to fail. And she's like trying to reason with him. And he's like, no, you got to shoot me. You know, like, oh, my God. And then he just tells him that, that <laughs> one day oh and he, he doesn't say who was. But uh, yeah, or yeah, or, or maybe like he does. He is he like aggravates somebody so much that they I don't yeah poison. Yeah, maybe they kill him. But maybe it's more like they put a bunch of um uh, like Advil or uh, Tylenol PMs in his drink, and he knows he's like, <laughs> "You drugged me!" Like it was the yeah. only way to stop you, Phil. And then he wakes up the next morning. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, I'm thinking maybe maybe one of the times, maybe he, you know, that that scene with Gus and Phil, the last couple of minutes, that plays out a couple times, and we noted. I think it was you, Travis, that noticed that as they approach the car, one of the policemen has like his hand on the holster, a hand on his gun. So maybe maybe one of the times through, maybe he's you know maybe that's not the only joyride he's been on right. with those guys. And maybe one of those times, like the cop just gets you know the itchy trigger mm-hmm. finger. The, you know after they've gone through, they've been riding through town, they dodging trains, the adrenaline's going, and then you know once that gun comes out, yeah. things happen. You know, maybe, uh, you know, Phil goes for, uh, you know, his license, his wallet or something. And they, you know, oh, he's mm. reaching for a gun. Yeah. Kind of thing. So maybe the, the police got him Gosh. one of these days. Uh, Man, we went to some dark places. But I think it's. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think we had to. We had to, like, address. <laughs> because if we don't, I think there would be a listener thinking about that. And I feel like we we touched on that because mm-hmm. that's one of those things that like you don't think about until you're watching a movie over and over again. You don't go, what's the worst case scenario with these characters? Like what's the worst yeah. thing that happen? And I think it's good that we went there. We like Phil could be doing those things. And because of the movie's editing, they don't want to show us any of that. Cause it would be, <laughs> it, you could have put this in a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause we, they still want us to come back around. Yeah, in you the still end. have to like Phil and, yeah, you have to like Phil and, and kind of be on his side and kind of be like, yay, he he ends up being good. You don't, you know, if they go too far, then it's like, well, yeah. boo, he, you know, he gets away with it. He kind of can do all these things and and be naughty and then he gets away yeah. with it at the end. Then I don't think that's yeah. that's not the point of the movie. That's not the takeaway and they're going one for. One of those mornings, he might like actually try uh, Mrs. Lancaster's continental breakfast, destroy the whole room. She kicks him out <laughs> and he's like, okay, see you tomorrow. You know, he just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of my favorite things about, you know, about this movie is thinking about it in terms that there's, there is, it is kind of like he is in Westworld. Like he's in the puzzle or he's in the maze or, or I forget how they refer to oh, it. Yeah, um, but there, there's a puzzle in this day that he has to figure out how to put the pieces together. Like there is one straight path from 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. February 2nd to 6 a.m. February 3rd. And if he does everything in the right combination of or right moves, then he can, you know, go on to the next day. But this fill in, you know, whatever day five or day six that of this – However many times he's he's gone through this, like he's not ready. He doesn't have the tools to see the path, and so it it requires Phil to you know spend. I mean, I, I've I've seen online like ideas of how many days Phil has spent in this world, and it's it could be upwards of like ten thousand days, you know, mm-hmm. just to get things right. Because like who knows how long, how many days he spends mastering piano or mastering the ice sculpture thing. So, and, but until he does that, he can't develop those skills that are necessary to get him through that puzzle. So I think that's kind of what I liked about it, especially watching it uh, this morning, just, you know, this fill on day five or six couldn't have gotten through because he's not been, reconditioned he's not reconditioned himself he's not trained himself to you know be this new person by the end of it so it it requires all the all the trial and error and 
and all the, you know, consequences and um, growth that that comes with. Well, look at this now. I checked that sign in the beginning of the movie. Population is 6,762 people. And let's say, I don't know, when mm-hmm. you want to say like 500 tourists, is that too low? 1,000 tourists to the town? I think at one point he says 1,000 people. Okay. But a lot of those would be residents, you know, out in the Gobbler's Knob. All right. So that, all right. So then we got um, around seven to 8,000 people. I would assume that he starts spending at least a day following each one of these people for his own curiosity. He picks a person. He goes, there mm-hmm. you go. That's my entire day. And he just, mm-hmm. just, just because yeah. he's like, I can, I can do whatever I want with these people. And you know, that, so when they start talking about how he's probably spent, you know, hundreds of, of years there studying everyone. Yeah. He probably took each person. He spent some time with them, whether they liked it or not, just following them. Yeah. Right. Cause when, Cause like eventually he he like puts together like a perfect yeah. day, and he wouldn't know like who where things are gonna happen, where he's kind of needed, or or where he can lend assistance. Just kind of you got to go through everybody in town, figure like what's their deal, where can I go, who's interesting, who's not, because you never know. You see someone walking on the street, and they just kind of they look boring, but if you follow them, maybe there's. There's an interesting story there that and we wouldn't know. We know from but, the uh, movie as an that, audience that the whole – and we can see him as a character that he's a grumpy jerk and he needs mm-hmm. to get better. But for him, for the longest time, he might have a couple – he may have many theories of why he's repeating the day. And, you know, he's got a – he's got a, maybe there's a certain person I need to meet, you know? So that could be one theory. Yeah. So he's like, well, I got to f- yeah. take my time and meet every person in this town and they said, well, maybe there's a certain person who's a, a tourist I have to stop or kill or meet. And then he does <laughs> that and he like goes over that theory. <laughs> oh, man. Because probably for the longest time he doesn't think, mm-hmm. is it because I'm a jerk? You know, like he, he doesn't think that. He probably thinks it's like they, they the, whoever put me here needs me to do something. And so for him, it's probably like, all right, let me explore every yeah every person, every nook and cranny, every corner, every house. Uh, of this of this town, I mean, break into every person's house. Let me study every person's bedroom, uh, basement. Try, and it's probably it. He goes through about <laughs> thousands of theories of why he's at this day before he even thinks about. Is it because I'm a jerk? <laughs> yeah. Well, I I do like the parallel with Westworld in another way because it, so in in that show the um, the way you know kind of the, the way it's playing out. In the HBO series, that it's not there's 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 like kind of something more going on behind the scenes, but it's never explicitly spelled out. It's kind of just you know most of the guests, you know the the Westworld kind of park in the show. Most of the guests take it on on face value. Here's a place you can go, and it's a pre- pretend world. It's populated by robots, so there's no consequences. You know, they're not real people, so it's the Wild West. If you get in a gunfight, you're you're just shooting robots that are designed to to fall over and let you win. And, you know, one of the guests over time figures out, oh, there's you know, there's a game behind the game. It's never explicitly spelled out, but you gotta you kinda you gotta figure it, you gotta find it for yourself. The same way here, there isn't like he doesn't find a map or there isn't like an old gypsy that you know, or a wizard or something that says you have to work through this pro, you know, this this process, or 
or there's this, there's some secret to escaping the loop and you have to find it. It's like totally up to Phil to to even figure out that he's looked at he's supposed to be looking for something. And then he's got to figure out, well, what am I looking for? And then then he's got to find it. Then he's actually got to find it. Like, there's so many steps he's got to go through. At this, so at this point, he doesn't even know. Maybe it hasn't occurred to him yet that there is like that game behind the game. There's that other level going on. He's still at that. Yeah, at that level. So he yeah, he's got to figure out that there is something to figure out. And then he's got to figure out. Then it's got to he's got to go through all the different iterations and like, well, no, I, I, you know, I tried punching Ned and that didn't work. (laughs) You know, he's got to, you know, he's got to ask the question before he even gets to the point of realizing the answer is because Um, I'm a jerk. It's okay. I want to, I want to use that to dovetail uh, because that's a good point. You, you mentioned there for Phil, his perspective, because he's not the audience that we are. He has no instructions of what to do. And I was thinking about, and I was thinking about Westworld and how one of the main characters is Jeffrey Rush. And, you know, and he's the programmer and he programs a lot of his robots. He was in a movie. I think I might have brought this up earlier in our, our podcasting at Source Code. And that's a cool film. I think I highly recommend people watching it. It's not exactly Groundhog Day. There's, but, yes. but the point is, is that Jake Gyllenhaal is it told. He is told by Jeffrey Rush, there's a bomb on this train. And we're putting you on that train mm-hmm. because of sci-fi reasons. We're putting you on this train to stop the bomb. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's a uh, yeah. Jeff. What I say? <laughs> You're thinking Jeffrey Rush from? Did I say Jeffrey Rush from from Mystery Men? Yeah. It's it's. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah no, Jeffrey, it's, it's Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright is yeah. yeah. He's in in the source code. He plays another scientist, and he tells Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. "These are your reasons, you, right. and you have to keep doing it." And then Jake Gyllenhaal. He starts asking those higher questions. Well, if you're able to control this, and are we controlling time and this and that? He asks those high questions, and Jeffrey and Jeffrey Wright says, "No, no, no. We got to worry about you. Your mission is to worry about the bomb." So you know, Jake Gyllenhaal and the audience are mm-hmm. given the instructions of that's what you need to look for. But for for Phil, he has not given any instructions, and yeah, he has to spend you know, a thousand years possibly studying every part of this town to try and figure out, is there something I'm looking for? Is there someone I need to meet, kill, stop, you know? And then then yeah. before he has the introspective of maybe I have to improve. <laughs> but I asked it like that. Do I have to? Yeah, that's it. You think, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm, I'm a perfect yeah. person. I'm the good guy. <laughs> Clearly someone in this town yeah. I need to, I need to fix or stop or there's somewhere in this town there's a secret. You know, oh my god, isn't that that? Oh man, he, he, I know he wants to like move here by the end of the film, spoilers, but like, gosh, like, you know, every not, I mean, he obviously knows everyone's secrets, but he knows everyone's secret secrets. Yeah, like, he literally knows where the skeletons in the closets are. Yikes, <laughs> he is dug up. No, he's dug up the graveyard. I yeah, know I, that for a fact. <laughs> At some point, he decided he, 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 he stole a, a, a caterpillar. And while no one was looking, he went out to the graveyard to start digging up bodies just because he could. <laughs> yeah, I would think it'd be kind of <laughs> creepy at that point to like to to stay in town. I think he'd want to just as much in the beginning of the movie the way he didn't want to come here and or spend any more time than he had to in Punxsutawney. I would I don't know. Wouldn't it get a little creepy? Like you just. You just you know you reach a point where you just know too. Yeah, much but he's about also people. in a place where everyone loves him. You know, by the end of it, like yeah, hmm? you know, he's like the most popular guy in town. And it's almost 
depending on which, what he does in the, in each day. Yeah. But and and for that, it's like you get to you know all these people, but you get to see them on days where you don't know where they're going to end. So maybe in that like curiosity of like, oh, all these people that I know that love me, I get to like see them on other days where it's not the same day anymore. So I mean, he says that before he knows it, but like you know. That's it. We're going to have to get to that. I, I want to get to it. We haven't even gotten a Ned. Oh, my goodness. I know. I have it, I have it freeze-framed I, on Ned as he's like. Listeners, I'm so sorry that we got on this this tangent. Okay, yeah. Let's So let's talk about Ned. And it's like right, was it second 39? or Yeah, yeah. like 39 and a half. The... <laughs> the acting. I mean, we've we've talked about the great Stephen Tobolowski before. Oh, he's so good. He's a treasure. And I'll I, I I've got a screen capture. I'll put it up uh, with the episode, and it'll be on the web and the Twitter and whatnot. Just the so he runs up. <laughs> Phil, 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 Ned? hey Phil Connors. Phil just <laughs> just punches him, and he spins around. He does uh, probably. Well, not 360. It's like a 480. <laughs> like he goes all the way around. He spins all the way around and like keeps spinning to where he's facing the camera and just the look yeah. of shock on his face just before he goes down. And the yeah. onlookers, the bystanders that are just like, gee, did you see that? That guy so just hit good. that guy. <laughs> I can't. I, I have to thank you for giving me yeah, the, just- uh, the Ned punch out minute because. It's one of the best parts. I mean, that yeah, this is the prime cut. This is mm. it's so satisfying, it a- and that's why I say like earlier when he, you know, the man on the stairs. That's I guarantee he just you know punched him right in the gut and just <laughs> oh. you know as he was like doubled over, he just pushed him into the hallway or something. So sorry, I'm I I can get a little dark, and you know, it's easy for me to think of like how yeah. The depths that Phil will Fine. go to. Well, then if he's doing it, then I want to bring back my other theory yeah. that he is peddling a bunch of baked goods from the dining room. So when he gets punched, just bagels and muffins fall out of his coat. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because oh, I wonder if, if Phil kind of with with the man in the hall, if he does like the hockey move of pulling <laughs> his jacket up sure. over his head. He like pulls his jacket up, and then yeah, the muffins and, and bagels <laughs> yeah. go flying out of his pockets. <laughs> and this is I, I think I mentioned this before I, I know I've mentioned that in the original the first version of the screenplay by Danny Rubin it starts with Phil already in the loop and so this day is actually the first day oh, okay. of that screenplay and so yeah originally the first time we <laughs> see Ned is this scene and it's with a voiceover so so Phil recognizes Ned. He runs up, and then Phil has his line. Ned, you know, wails off, punches him right in the face, and then the voiceover comes in with Phil trying to explain, saying, "Well, you know, <laughs> if you knew what I knew, if you had been through this the he's way I have, him. you'd understand why I'm doing this." Yeah, he, he he's got it coming. You, you, if you knew what I know, you'd you'd be on my side. I think it's it's so much better the way it is that we've we've gotten to know Ned. We've seen their previous interactions, and rather than just a voiceover telling us it's okay, that we know, um, you know, kind of we know what's led up to this. We know the background, and we understand this. And it's a little bit of – Phil's all over the place. So he just – 
you know, he's he's enjoying his newfound freedom, his his freedom from consequence with this loop. And, you know, he doesn't he has one reaction to Mrs. Lancaster versus, you know, what he does with with Ned. Imagine I mean, flip those around. Imagine he just wails off <laughs> and he punches Mrs. Lancaster and then he, he he just leans in and kisses Ned. I don't know, you know flip, if you have anywhere around. to go, but can you call in sick? <laughs> I've missed you so much. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh, I can't. I'm not going to say anything about it. Uh, I can't wait. Um, I did notice when Ned yeah. runs up to him, um, the jeweler behind kind of on the on the street says Woodstock Jewelers. So I know that's mm-hmm. a holdover from the town. Uh, <laughs> what did you say it was? Woodstock, Illinois? I keep telling. Every guest never remembers. Yeah, I told yeah. him yesterday. No, no, no. The Woodstock Jewelers in canon is Mr. Woodstock. Who owns the jewelry store? Mm. Okay, good. Yeah, because you see like Stone's gift shop next door. That's you know Mr. Stone, and then there's Beard and um, Stovall. Is it mm-hmm. Beard and Stovall? The 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 village cove. You know, on the other side. So the, yeah, this is uh, okay. Mr. and Mrs. Woodstock. I, open I tell up the guests every store. day, but then, so then we wake up and they never jewelry. remember. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, you know, geez, and they never remember. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, we get a, we we get a good look at uh yeah. at frames menswear as well, which is <laughs> still confusing. Like you think it'd be like a a picture <laughs> store or something or, or an eyeglass yeah. shop called frames, but no, it's it's frames menswear. So, all right, and so that's second you know, forty three. We get to to the Jones. other uh, antagonist of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Along with Ned, there is so okay. Puddle. So this is interesting because uh, you know this guy that Phil is dodging the puddle to then to, 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 to dastardly watch this man fall into. That guy, technically, if you think about it, <laughs> this is the first time he's ever stepped in that puddle. Because if you if we're gonna if we're gonna walk work back this timeline, that guy's probably around the block. He turns the corner at the tip top. Mm-hmm. He sees Phil hit that puddle, and he goes. Whoa! I gotta watch out for that puddle, and he and he and he crosses mm, the road yeah. without hitting the puddle. So this would be the day where Phil just lets him uh, go on his merry way right into it, where he takes it instead of Phil. Although I'm gonna back up, I don't remember seeing that guy. If he because we usually when Phil hits the hits that pothole, we linger on that for a minute. We see Phil kind of grimaces and. And makes an unhappy face while Ned is behind him. That's having a good, a good that, laugh. Honestly, that's a really good question. I'm kind of, I'm doing a quick skim of the previous minutes. I don't see the man in the cap. I like to assume, but he's it's off camera. But this Phil is probably like, you know, he didn't give Ned a lot of time, so he just saw Ned and punched him. So he could be five to ten seconds, right. you know, early because he didn't spend all that time with Ned. Right, yeah. Usually the conversation with Ned. I'm just going back to the the last time through was actually minute was about 20 seconds into minute 22 when Phil hits the pothole. But yeah, so so Ned has held him up. Oh. So maybe this guy, maybe this guy does hit the pothole every day. Yeah, he just time. hits maybe, it before yeah. Phil gets to the corner. It was a different time. I love the smug look on Phil's face (laughs) after he watches the guy step in the hole. Just this little grin, like, (laughs) you dummy. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't doesn't laugh out loud the way Ned laughs at him. And that guy in the windbreaker that's like walking 
It's like a guy and a lady walking behind Phil. Um, I just recognize that windbreaker mm-hmm. and that yellow hat that he's wearing. Like that guy pops up throughout the movie. You notice him. It's a couple, couple like little background characters like that. You notice a lot. And this guy is definitely one of them with that hat. Yeah. Yeah, and a couple of the signs that that turn up on Gobbler's Knob. That we all right. So here we are, second fifty-five of our minute here, minute thirty-five. <laughs> we get a beautiful display of diner pastries. Hmm. All right. You want to start, Sean? You want me to start? Um. You go right ahead. Dive right. right on in. So, okay, listener. What so far we could tell what uh. What Phil's ordered is a plate of, uh, of flapjacks. Uh, looks like at least three or four scrambled eggs, three or four strips of bacon, uh, carrot cake. I, I yeah. can't tell in that some- back if that's if that's a bowl of butter or some kind of pudding or something. Or yeah, yeah it could be could be vanilla pudding. Um, <laughs> a orange juice, strawberry milkshake, uh, vanilla chocolate wafers. Mm-hmm. Those knockoff uh, Oreo cookies. That's like one side vanilla, one side chocolate. Yeah, he's got yeah, yeah a little yeah a little, like a little lemon custard pie. Uh, custard pie. He's got a, a chocolate chocolate, chocolate cake. Oreo cake with chocolate jimmies. Yeah, covered in jimmies. Like about half a dozen donuts assorted of assorted jabs. Uh Three straw mini strawberry mm. shortcakes. Right? Is that what they're called? Those little things. Wait. Okay. Yeah. Angel food cake with yeah. Strop- with whipped cream and strawberry, yeah. yeah okay, uh, and then uh, a tray of uh, two. Uh, he's got he's got uh, the pecan, the uh, the pecan uh, cinnamon bun, another sticky bun, uh, lemon Danish, it's like cupcakes in there, cupcake, and yeah. it's hard to tell what's underneath. But I'm guessing more Danishes and buns, and then there's something off even to the left, like another like a, like a white custard. Yeah pie well and then it looks hmm. like on the right is that like it looks like a chocolate pudding that eaten. he's yeah, already almost two, finished like strawberry wafers yeah. already oh, eaten yeah. yeah my heart oh my heart oh it's season <laughs> up and and oh actually oh bottom the another bottom yeah. left that could be a <laughs> uh a bowl of cereal because that looks like um i think so either, yeah um tricks or like lucky charms in it uh yeah what do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe fruity pebbles. Maybe fruity pebbles. Yeah, it's yeah. It looks like it's colored, uh, colored sugar yeah. stuff in there. All right. Yeah. Bowl of cereal. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of sugar. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder what Rita will say about it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. So like, so Travis, if you were, if you're in this position where you just you didn't care, you weren't concerned about consequences, you can get anything off the menu. What would what would the table look like for you? Oh man! So I mean, assuming I'm in this diner type, yeah. So you're okay. in, yeah, you're in the diner. Are you going um, for the sweets the way Phil has? He's you know the donuts. I'm, the cake, I'm more the... of a I'm more of a savory guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love you know salt and grease and cheese and things like that. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going, you know any any kind of like you know bacon and sausage and all the, mm-hmm. those meats like that. I, I would go for like the donuts. I do like donuts, but. Uh, this the cakes and the pies. Those I, I'll ignore. Those I'm not, you know, and the sticky buns and all that stuff. That's you can you can have those and the cookies and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I'd be going for more of the, uh, the the stuff with gravy, you know, biscuits and gravy and eggs, you know, over over medium eggs on top of everything. And yeah, that that's my mm-hmm. jam. So maybe throw in a that you know I know that diner's got a. Steak and eggs platter, 
you know, give me that. So, yeah, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Dave? If I'm repeating the day, I would definitely I would do a dessert, but I would do one dessert at a time. And because like if you eat all this, it's your palate's just going to get ruined by all the sugar and icing and you won't be able right. to tell what was actually good. I remember I was at, I'm at a really good restaurant and I do like the restaurant. I'm not going to say the name, but I had a great appetizer, <laughs> a great meal. Great. The salad bar was great. Everything was great. And I pushed my luck and I went for dessert and I was like, oh, I have chocolate cake. And it was like. 90% shortening icing and like no cake flavor. So I'm like, I'm like scraping uh, all the ice because it has no chocolatey, it's no chocolatey flavor. It's just this like that back of your throat twang you get when you eat like strip shortening with no flavoring in it. And I'm like eating, and so I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, let me eat the cake batter. And the cake itself doesn't even taste like chocolate. And I'm just like, nom, nom. I'm like, this just tastes like styrofoam. Like, and I was and like, and like that ruined the. That ruined the whole, almost the whole dinner for me because it was like I pushed my luck. I usually never got dessert because I was always full from steak. So for this one, I would do a whole, I would do a whole big meal. I would, I would go like, give me like the appetizer sampler, and then give me like maybe two different entrees of different styles. One maybe a cheeseburger, and the other would be like a chicken cordon bleu, and then dessert. And pick, <laughs> I pick one dessert and then like test it. Be like, is this one good? And then like. You know, make a mental note of like this where this one stacked up, and then yeah, try the cakes, then try the pies, then try the danishes. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm definitely with Travis on the savory side. Yeah, I'd be going the the breakfast sausage, the yeah bacon, lots of bacon. Just you know what, every just an order of bacon, and then every five minutes another order of bacon. Just <laughs> yeah, keep, keep it coming. coming. Yeah, if there's steak yeah. and eggs, if there's if there's chicken fried steak mm, with the sausage yeah. gravy, bring that over. Yeah, the, the biscuits and gravy. Um, I could do like a waffle and, and pancakes. But yeah, and then on the sweets, I think I'm with you with uh, with just one. And probably out of out of what Phil's got, probably the donuts. Yeah. I could I could hit up the donuts. Just yeah, just one sweet thing and then Otherwise, yeah, savory. Maybe you know, eggs half a dozen different ways. Some scrambled, some omelet, some uh, like a fried mm. egg sandwich. Yeah, on a, on a roll. Mm. A I don't know yolk. if this is. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe they've got the Taylor ham. I, um, I don't know. Maybe this is. They uh, wouldn't know. I tried. I tried. No, you. Once you start leaving Philadelphia County, no? t- uh, pork roll drops off dramatically. <laughs> this, they don't have. Yeah, no, it's no pork no, roll. Yeah, I don't know. What oh that's my all about. god! Okay. I'm gonna explain. <laughs> I think you guys talked about pork roll oh, in like no. your first, first or second episode. Early on, I remember. That's ninety percent what roll. I talk about. Um, no, just imagine <laughs> like the consistency of ham or spam. Spam is actually really close. Okay. Consistency of ham or spam, sure. but it's got a perfectly bacon salty flavor taste. Mm. Okay, now you're talking my yeah, language. It's kind of mm-hmm. like it, it's it's. I don't know. Well, well, Dave, maybe you, is this right? If I say it's like a cross between. It's like halfway between bacon and Canadian bacon. Yeah. The easiest okay. way to describe it is is Spam because it comes in like a package, like a tube. Whereas mm. Spam is a can, but mm. this is like a tube. But like you, sli- you slice it and then just fry it as is. But um, yeah, the, the taste is closer to bacon than it is to ham. But yeah, it's it you know it's bright and pink like, a, like Spam yeah. and ham look like. Yeah, and I would definitely have more of – I mean, I guess it's similar to the the cakes and the Danish in that it's a carbohydrate, but I'd have more potato products on oh, my table. Sure. I'd have the home fries, Great. the hash browns, 
if they're making, you know, if I could get some French fries and gravy for breakfast, mm-hmm. I I definitely. Here's the trick: that. if you're able to a diner and you you, know, you got to ask ask for home fries with minced onions in them. I tell you, you got to get it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeps it keeps the. Smutter yeah, it covered. keeps the I keep uh, that that moisture of the onions keeps the potatoes from getting too dry because I've had it sometimes where the the home oh, fries yeah. are like they overdid it where you're just like this could just be put in my wall like it's just like it's so dried out <laughs> that it could just be it could just be packing yeah but the, I think I think right, I would try I'm the hungry. pecans and I actually <laughs> yeah. would try the uh, the I, I like the simple I like the like the the the, the strawberry mini shortcakes I think that would go good with coffee that's actually the one thing mm-hmm. I don't see it here. Uh, he might. I mean, Brita has coffee. We can see it on her. Yeah, there's there's a and, cup of coffee. And yeah. she has yeah. one thing. Could be that sticky bun. It's behind the chocolate sundae. There's a there's a plate of something. We can't see it though. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's mm, it. Yeah. Oh, would it be bun. funny? Maybe would it be funny that. if he ordered her the sticky bun prematurely because he just knew already? And he's like, sit down. I got your coffee and a sticky <laughs> bun. Yeah, you know what? I've just I've I've got it. I'm paused right at second fifty five, and it looks like behind right in the center. Like top center of the table, behind the syrup, behind the carrot cake, is that a yellow smiley face cookie? <laughs> I just oh. saw that too, but I think that might be on the table, like or is that the, the tablecloth, or it the, might the be. Yeah. But I mean, that that ties it back Tie, to Watchmen. Yeah, tying it back so. to Watchmen. There's like a little yellow. <laughs> he looks like a yellow face with like just the yeah. two black eyes and a it does a smiley oh, face. Oh wow, yeah. All right, hey, all right, all right. Before we go, I want to talk about what, how we think. What do you think his news presentation was today? Because we don't get to see it. Do we think it was a good one, or do you think he blew it off and just went right to breakfast? Like he just told, went up to read and said, "eh," and just went to the diner. What do you think? I think it's. I think it was a good uh, report because he's flying high off of you know just punching mm. Ned and. <laughs> Got got some sugar from Miss Lancaster. Um, he, like this is this is feeling a good mood, you know. So I don't think he would have gone and just being sarcastic and negative and all that. So it might have been a lot of in jokes okay. for him, mm-hmm. you know, But I do think it would have been upbeat. All right, because yeah, I wanna I wanna gauge that. I wanna gauge how his presentations are going depending on how his mood is that morning. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't get to see it, but I think Travis, you know, you pointed out that he, when he when he first walks into the lobby, he, you know, he looks good. He's dressed, he's shaved. You know, we we'll see him later when he's really down and he's not concerned about his appearance. So I do think he does the presentation. You know, he he does the, uh, you know, he does the broadcast or the taping from from Gobbler's Knob, and I think I think it's good. I think. Well, I think that Rita thinks it's good because he's probably sassy and sarcastic and and throwing in, you know, kind of jabs at Punxsutawney at the hokiness of the whole thing. But at the same time, he's energetic and he's smiling. And that, you know, what more can she ask for from him at this point? Just do your job and smile and put some energy into it. Um, I don't think she's she's expecting much more from Phil than that. And I have a feeling that like he's yeah, he's in kind of an up mood and, you know, he gives her at least that much. Yeah, I looked in the next minute. I can't get a good. I wanted to let Travis know 100 percent that it was. <laughs> it's definitely a smiley face. It's clearly a smiley face. I can't tell if it's a cookie, but the mm-hmm. can is a camera. It's you have like you have a two inch sight line between 
the milkshake stir and the glass of milkshake. Yeah. But as the camera pans, <laughs> it's clearly a smiley face. So I want to let Travis know that he did get a comedian. He got a comedian cookie. It's the, got yeah. Okay. I, yeah, that's what I, I think it's. I think it's a cookie with like yellow f- frosting. It's a comedian cookie. I hope we didn't spill any of that. That's what uh, strawberry filling i'm not even kidding there's a jar on the table i think he he actually asked for like several jars of spread i mean i'm in the next minute i shouldn't be doing this This is a little legal yeah you're getting you're getting ahead i think we're i just wanted to let him know i I would be doing our guests a disservice if i didn't he he went to bed the night he's like it wasn't a smiley cookie like i don't want him to yeah well, I appreciate the diligence. And I did spot now um, between the orange juice glass and the milkshake, uh, what do you call that, tumbler, there mm-hmm. is a coffee cup in front of Phil. So he did have oh, some coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he okay. hits more coffee yeah. the next minute. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so he, yeah, yeah. He, he does have his own cup. Yeah. yeah you can yeah, see it through the, the glass. Oh, of man. The now we're all hungry. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ready for All a right. nap. <laughs> let's, let's, let's wrap this up, get something to eat. Yeah, so um, Travis, thank you so much for, for, for joining us this week. And once again, um, once, our, once our listeners are done uh, with their sugar coma after eating their, their donuts and their shortcakes and their, their knockoff Oreo cookies, <laughs> uh, where, where can they hear more of your, uh, your appetizing insightful commentary. well if you want to hear me every day just like uh like you guys are you guys daily or i forget what your schedule is tuesday to friday okay well four days a week if you want to you know check we out the show where the host put in monday through friday Ooh. come on over to watchmen minute <laughs> and uh you can you can hear myself and eric nash and we talk about the movie watchmen the uh, the director's cut mm-hmm. um one minute at a time and then uh, you can find that, you know, everywhere pretty easily. If you if you search Watchmen Minute, you'll find us. And then my other show, uh, Real Comic Hero, <laughs> almost said uh, our website. My other show, Real Comic <laughs> Heroes, is where my friend uh, Patrick and I we uh, we cover a comic book or geek genre movie. Uh, we do that show every other week, and we go from you know. We go chronologically, and we are currently in the 80s. Probably when this is released, we'll be uh, still late, late 80s, probably 1988, 89. So we're coming up on some pretty big stuff like uh, the 89 Batman. And, you know, so mm-hmm. definitely want to check us out over there. And you can, just like uh, Watchmen, you can just search Real Comic Heroes and you'll find us. Awesome. That's real with two E's. You can find yeah, me on. And, uh, what's that? I was going to say, so your your co host Eric was uh, was a previous guest yeah. on our show, so our listeners uh, will be familiar with him. And if so, they should certainly be listening to Watchmen by now, because right, right? They heard from Eric how good it was, but just in case you <laughs> missed it, it's really good. You should be listening. Well, thank you. And make sure to write all your theories in our Facebook group. A gobbler's not. What if Rorschach was having a Groundhog Day? Well, we have we've already seen that there's a homeless man in both both movies. So, who knows if uh, if that homeless man is up to no good as well? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely want to hear uh, hear the theories from our listeners on that one. And so that is it for us. Thank you, thank you for joining us, Travis. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. 
if there is one. Don't let them say your hair's too long, I don't care with you, I 